Hey everybody, it's Pastor Tom, and we are back with our friends Jeff and Ning Mix, and we're still talking relationships. And this is, we just keep finding topic after topic <laughs> after topic or uh, questions that we just want answered. And I think it's really been an awesome time of discussing what is a relationship all about. We started this out talking about biblical relationships, mm -hmm. and then we heard about your individual testimonies, and then we heard about your testimony together. And something else that we thought about, because a lot of relationships deal with this, and that is children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes there are your, what's that, what was that old movie uh, with uh, Lucille Ball? Yours, your, mine, and ours. Yours, mine, and ours, you know. <laughs> She had kids, he had kids, and then they had a kid together. And I think that's a lot of people. And you had brought this up after one of our discussions, Jeff, about should we talk about the difficulty of raising children in an environment where there may be trouble in the marriage um, and how that works. So we usually start out with, Jeff, should we start out with Ning this time? <laughs> So what do you what do you want to is there anything uh, you've come across in your marriage prior to Jeff as far as raising the kids the problems that you encountered right so let me kind of like lay a foundation I know that children you know as the Bible says are a reward from the Lord so it was wonderful and amazing the experience of going through pregnancy despite you know some challenges in the early months and then having our firstborn and then our daughter and then our youngest so we my late husband and I had three children so we were so blessed to have them so children definitely are a joy to have and as any young couple you know it was something that um, as We've talked about before, I come from a Filipino background. So especially in the Philippines, like that's part and parcel of why you get married. You know, you want to raise a family. And that's God's way also of having you continue that legacy of um, bringing your children up in the fear and knowledge of the Lord. The thing is, even though children are a blessing, they can also present a challenge um, in the relationship because if the husband and wife have not kind of worked these things out beforehand and just kind of, you know, wait for things to come up in the marriage, that can definitely cause problems because you may not know it both, you know, you each have different ideas of how the children are supposed to be raised. You know, you may not have settled on how are you going to discipline the children? Who does the bulk of the disciplining? How do you support each other? And one of the challenges in my uh, late husband and I's marriage was that we had not talked about all these things. Like we talked about a lot of things, but we just did not think that, you know, we had to iron out all these little details. Somehow we thought because we were in love with each other, we're so in love with each other, everything would just work out fine. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> Unfortunately, his family background is very different from my family background. And back then, I didn't know that those things matter, that, you know, you should intentionally work all the things out 
before you even ever have children and kind of know how to present a united front. So we had a lot of situations where our children kind of played the mom against the dad mm -hmm. type of thing. Which kids do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, mom said this or dad said this or, or, you know, like if I had said no, then they'd go to their dad and he would always think like, well, sure, why not, you know? It's just... Um, it's very important, which I wish we had had, and, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say, is that we should have had a united front in dealing with our children. You know, so what I think is very interesting is Tammy and I, through the raising of our kids, we had always felt very strongly that we should never argue and fight in front of the kids. And I think for the most part, mm -hmm. we... We did that, you know, mm. we, we didn't argue and fight. We presented that unified front that you were talking about, but maybe later behind closed doors, I'd be mm. like, you know, why didn't you say, you know, we shouldn't, <laughs> yeah. and we would have our, but be, we never wanted the kids to see that. And I'm sure right. there were probably times they knew mom and dad must be fighting or something because they're mm. being very quiet. You know? <laughs> but it, it was just, uh, it is important to that kids see love mm. in that relationship. Right. And there's a lot of relationships that get to the point as a, as a pastor, I, I do counsel and have over the years counsel with a lot of people. And sometimes people let it get to the point that it's really like the point of no return mm. and they want me to fix it. And usually I, I can't fix anybody's marriage. You know, I got my own to think about. But I can bring the word of God as long as people are willing to listen to what God says. And then mm -hmm. that can make a difference. But it is important to, to shield that from your kids so they always see love. So what's your perspective, Jeff? Oh, I was, I was going to say, I we see a lot of times um, a lot of single mothers um, with children from a previous marriage or previous relationships, and sometimes children from multiple fathers. Mm -hmm. um, and you see a lot of that in people that you talk with at different times. And I think that's a particularly hard situation because if you have a mother and children entering into a relationship, they're already their own family unit, and then they have to blend together with someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think that communication that you were talking about, Ning, beforehand, mm -hmm. like before a marriage, is critical because mm -hmm. you're dealing with, you know, um, children that you've got to bring together mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. that relationship. Well, and if a man comes into that relationship, and now mom's got this man, what rights does he have to correct, to guide and lead those children, especially if the father's not present? Right. I know we're not talking about all that, but that's, that's a, and your situation was a little different, but that is something that we're seeing more and more mm -hmm. and more of in our society as a whole. Um, families, like you said, either there's uh, a mom that's got multiple children from one man or multiple children from multiple men or vice, vice versa. Mm -hmm. And that does create some complexities. But um, specifically, like in your case, Jeff, um, you brought this topic up. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you, where you wanted to go yeah. with that. 
you know, we've been talking about covenant relationships, we've been talking about marriage, uh, or committed relationships, or, or healthy relationships, but particularly in, in with regard to a marriage covenant relationship. It's so important uh, that the husband and wife are the core, if you will. They are the mm-hmm. organism that that family ought to revolve around, in my right. opinion. So, mm-hmm. so the, the, the strength of the family largely is going to be dependent on the strength of the marriage mm-hmm. and the husband and wife. And I've had conversations with some folks in, uh, in terms of where do they stack up in the, in the criteria or the hierarchy of, of the family. And what I mean by that is I've heard even a spouse say, and one spouse might say, well, as far as the, where you rank in my, my list of importance is your number three. Mm-hmm. Why are they number three? Because they have two children. And so, you know, mm-hmm. the two children come first, then you're number three in my mm-hmm. life. And uh, to me, that's just not right. Um, it isn't right. And it, it is part of what Ning said. Mm-hmm. There was no discussion about how that whole thing works. And, and I just love in the last podcast and we didn't talk about this in the last podcast but i'm going to mention it here and that is when you and jeff met Mm -hmm. in california you sat with your pastor Mm -hmm. for four hours and he i'm sure there was a lot of stuff that went on in that conversation Mm -hmm. but i think a lot of people don't have those conversations with somebody like a pastor that says Look, this is how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. You're married to him. You are you are one with him, not with the kids. Mm-hmm. Boom. Absolutely. And when Ning and I were uh, contemplating marriage, uh, our pastor in Maryland, you know, it was a foregone conclusion. We need to do premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, you know, and we're fine with that, and we were happy to do it, and we look forward to it. But some people might say, look, you know, you've been doing this for three-plus decades. You really need to go through premarital counseling again? Yes, a- absolutely. You know, to find out where are we in commonality with God's Word, you know, with the, the, the design for healthy relationships. So um, I think the husband and wife need to keep their marriage, their relationship as a primary focus. That requires work. That requires adjustments. It requires, and I use this word, and Ning and I used to use it a lot more than we do now, but intentionality. We need right. to be very intentional and even remind each other about that need that, look, we need to work on our relationship. And I think the best thing a family, a spouse can do for their children is to love the other spouse mm-hmm. and to show that very visibly. Not only in terms of, you know, an intimate hug or a peck on the cheek or whatever, but the fact that mom and dad are are prioritizing their time to work on their marriage, whether it be through discussions about issues that need to be resolved, not necessarily in front of the children, but even like you alluded to, Tom, and your bedroom's door is closed or whatever, the kitchen door is closed. You know, you are working on issues that need to be addressed. Um, So that would be a a high priority. Now, and also in my experience, uh, when my wife and I met, my late wife, and, and we got married, she had a, a three-year-old son at that point. So when we got married, you know, I went through the, we got married, we had one day of a honeymoon, and the next day we were a three-person family. And that's the get-go. On day two, you're a three-person family. And uh, yeah, so there's challenges there. And then, of course, when the other children came along, you know, what was the title of that? Yours, mine, and ours, or whatever. Yeah. But you know, there's a there's a biological mechanism there that that is it's hard to overlook. But I, I always say we had ten children. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. I, sure. my oldest son is one of our ten, and so the family unit consists of ten plus the parents. That's twelve. Uh, 
but you know there are there are some things uh, that that come to mind, and there are some friction points that may need to be addressed in, in discipline, parenting, and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. One other thing I wanted to add is Ning and I talk about this. I think we just talked about it yesterday or, or recently. The influences that you have in your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Now, when my late wife and I, and I'm not proud to say this, not happy to say it, but when we would have conflict, I would resort to the the training ground that I was raised in, I'm not trying to make excuses, but the natural influence is to be like my mother, who was the uh, go after person, you know, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have this out right here and now. Oh, and my I father see. was the <laughs> eluder and the one that would just be, be quiet and try to avoid conflict until it just blew up, and then it was you know back and forth willy nilly. Mm-hmm. That was my characteristic to be more like my mother, and my wife was an evader. It did not want to talk about it, particularly in front of the children. And so that's the intentionality. You know, I didn't even recognize that hardly. It's just a kind of a knee-jerk reaction that you take into the, your marriage and then you take into the relationship. You need to intentionally confront that and address it and adjust to it. Ning is the oldest in the birth order. I'm the youngest. <laughs> and she tells me that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And so there's that influence, you know, right. and I don't even think about it. It's funny because when she's tell, you know, I'm the youngest twin when I act like <laughs> what? Like when we're like hiking or whatever. When he walks at the very edge of the cliff and I'm about uh, to have a heart attack. <laughs> like the youngest is straying or whatever, right? <laughs> Come back in the mommy's fold. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting, the dynamics I've seen it so many times over the years, the dynamics of that marriage or that relationship that's entered into. And there's, those are her kids or those are his Mm. kids and no one's allowed to say anything. So then what usually happens is the kids go roughshod Mm -hmm. over somebody because they realize, Oh, he can't do anything to me or she can't do anything to me mm-hmm. because I have a protector and I'm going to do whatever I want. That's a bad thing for a relationship. That's a relationship killer. Right. And there has to be an agreement somewhere along the line that says, I'm married to your mother or I'm married to your father and we're going to be together on how we address you. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I tell people a lot. Sooner or later, those kids won't be there. They'll, they'll be right. out. We've experienced that. We are empty nesters, <laughs> and we like it. <laughs> it's a great thing. <laughs> um, we love it when our kids come over, mm-hmm. um, but it's always nice when they go home uh, because we're used to doing things a certain way in our house. You know, We were before, and the kids knew, hey, that's how we do things, and there was no negotiation on that, if it was a, especially if it was an important thing. But it is important to keep that focus, that stay together, have a united front as a husband and a wife or even a boyfriend and girlfriend who are dating and there's this kid that is trying to play one off the other. Um, Stay as a united front in that relationship. And that will teach that child a tremendous amount of, of learning, so to speak how to behave right because the best way that a child can actually learn what healthy relationships look like is by example right right? so first of all for the couple unit it's their top priority should be god first absolutely and then to each other as a couple unit and then the children 
And unfortunately, a lot of parents, especially if they end up being single parents, would kind of place the child or children before the spouse or partner. And it really doesn't work well that way. And they think, well, this is the way that I have to love my child or children. But actually, the better way that you can love your child or children and help them develop healthy relationship skills is to show that united front first and then come to the children. So the irony here is for Jeff and I, because all of our children were grown, so we were thinking, we kind of, you know, in uh, wanting to be intentional, we kind of discussed so many things at the get-go before we even said, yes, we're going to get married, right? So we thought we had hashed everything out. We were going to not have any surprises. And we didn't really think much about talking about the children because, you know, they're all adults now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now we're in a situation where we're caring for grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now, now some of those things actually crop up. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. our natural wanting to how we respond to the day-to-day little challenges that come up with a younger child. (laughs) So it's like, oops, we didn't foresee that one. (laughs) Right, right. I think that's a good point. So still in that situation, those, I mean, I I realize you consider them your grandchildren, (laughs) but biologically they're your grandchildren, Jeff, Right. right? So... That's a that is part of that coming into a, even though the the that your respective children are grown, mm-hmm. there's still this other little kids, right. that, you know, and and the importance of that is, I've always felt like when kids are running around here, <laughs> I've never had an issue with telling a kid stop that mm-hmm. <laughs> or don't do go 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 with your mom and dad right now. You're you shouldn't be over here. You should be with them, and and I suppose that's just my fatherly. Uh, I was always that way with my kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't negotiate. I, as I was saying to folks, I'm not a counter. So when I said to my kids, "Stop that now," I didn't say one, mm-hmm. two, three. It was one and bam, that was it. There was no negotiation. I'm the dad, and you listen to me. Because I have your best interest at heart. I'll never do anything to hurt you, but I will always protect you. But I will spank you if you need to be spanked. So I think that um, that is the importance in any relationship, that there is love and that that discipline and that guidance is always done out of love. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting. I'm looking back at our notes here (laughs) from the very beginning, from the very first thing that we start talking about in foundation Mm -hmm. that's session one Mm -hmm. was there was a foundational discussion Mm -hmm. about how this relationship works and it's very much so that way with kids they they have to see what you said that jesus is alive in that relationship Mm -hmm. and if it's not there it's going to be really hard to control those kids and to keep keep them on a path of the nurture. What does the Bible say? That we should raise kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's an important thing. We have to do that. Amen. So what, do you have any words of wisdom? Um, Just in thinking about raising children, um, 
when you're talking about coming from different backgrounds, and I think that everybody experiences that because what you bring into a relationship and raising children is your own experience. Mm -hmm. And I've often seen maybe people who as teenagers were pretty wild or rebellious teenagers. And then as a parent, they are the strictest, Mm -hmm. most Mm. distrusting (laughs) parent you have ever seen because, you know, they think that their child's going to do all the things that they did. (laughs) And they don't want them to do that. Right. And then on the other hand, you see some parents who are just very naive or very lenient because Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't ever do anything. And, you know, they just thought, yeah, I was well, that parent. You know, I believe Tammy was the other one. No, <laughs> she I was mean, the wild one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't ever feel I was overly strict. That was more, no, more you. That was me. That was you. Not <laughs> I was the strict yeah. one. Um, but I think that it is something to think about as a parent um, when you're correcting your children or directing them. Um, are you being influenced by? your past, mm-hmm. you know, um, and really seek God and how, and how to do that. And I know for us personally that um, I was more lenient with a lot of things, and we, we had to talk about stuff beforehand, like curfews, for instance. Um, <laughs> I think midnight was a perfectly good curfew time. I, I, I really could get home before midnight myself as a teenager. <laughs> and, um, you know, you, I think sometimes... 10 o'clock was like, I was usually in bed by 10 10 o'clock as a (laughs) teenager. You know, there were some, there are some (laughs) discussions about that. And I think uh, at one point it was like, just don't wake us up. (laughs) Right. uh, Right. uh, Right. You said something, I think in our last podcast that I thought was interesting, your previous husband was, you had different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And it, to me, it's interesting. I've seen this play out in people's lives. The, if there's a difference in backgrounds mm-hmm. within the two parents, how they approach the raising of the children can yes. be very different. So very, true. Very different. <laughs> if there's not a lot of money uh, in the background of one mm-hmm. parent, then... They're, they're very different if the other person had access to money mm-hmm. or was middle class or you know upper middle class or whatever. There's a very different uh, way. And not in every, not in every relationship, mm-hmm. but I've seen it. I've seen it play out uh, in how the children are, how there is a relationship to things right. that is passed onto the child by the parent. Mm -hmm. I've seen that in a lot of people, a lot of people. They, they felt deprived as a child. Mm -hmm. So they're going to make sure their kids, we never felt that way. Or we never felt that it was our mission in life to give our kids everything we Mm -hmm. didn't have. I still don't feel that way. I think it's okay to not have things. I believe God wants us to be blessed, but I don't think having things is necessarily, you know, oh, look at all the stuff I have. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't believe that. I just don't. I mean, and we've got stuff. Everybody we know has stuff. But it's just sometimes I think that can be passed on to your kids. We've we've seen it um, in various, we've heard it uh, in various scenarios, and it's very sad to me. So, 
I think a lot of that too is where the couple unit, you know, has to have a very deep and intimate understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. And usually, um, you know, everyone's situation is different, but usually I think it's better if there's a bit of time for the couple to get used to each other, especially in a marriage relationship, mm-hmm. before they have children. Mm-hmm. It's just easier because even if you have been dating for a long time even if you've known each other for many years when you're actually living together Mm -hmm. under one roof seeing each other you know pretty much 24 hours or whatever you just find out things about your spouse that you never knew Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's nice to have a bit of adjustment time before you add the baby to the mix Mm -hmm. but you know it doesn't always happen that way and for various reasons Mm -hmm. and of course the lord blesses couples with children as needed but if um the couple unit understands each other's backgrounds each other's um personality right just even personalities or just their exposure or their value system then that will help them be able to work things out as far as raising the children mm-hmm. go i think what i i've heard over and over throughout all of our discussions in this series is um, being deliberate mm-hmm. in our seeking of the Lord about that person who is should be brought into our life will make a massive difference right. as to how happy and fulfilled you are in that relationship. And that includes children. Mm-hmm. That includes even if you've already got children or grandchildren, <laughs> that the Lord brought into that makes everything sweet it really does it really really does praise the lord i i think yeah go ahead oh just uh one one kind of related note um there's sometimes for some couples a different kind of pressure is what if the relationship has not been blessed with children that in and of itself kind Mm -hmm. of creates a different kind of pressure it might be external pressure from you know other family members um when are you gonna have a baby right especially like you know for me coming from a filipino background Mm -hmm. it's very much family oriented and that's always the 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 kind of question like when are you gonna make me a grandma or whatever Mm -hmm. right um i did try not to do that (laughs) to my own children but um even between the two of you you know like do you start questioning each other or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, what are we doing wrong? How come we mm-hmm. haven't, you know, why do we not have children yet? Um, I don't have an answer to that. That is something that, you know, only God can answer. Mm-hmm. But I, I just acknowledge that this can be challenging. It can be like a very different set of circumstances, but it can perhaps be even more of a sticking point or pressure point for the relationship than just dealing with children could be mm-hmm. right because it's Absolutely. there's more kind of potentially negative implications involved there's more questioning there's more opportunity for the enemy to come in and sow so mm-hmm. doubt into your mind you know like god what's wrong you know why mm-hmm. um and so the only thing that I could really say is, as with any other challenges we face in life, 
go to God. Right. Ask him, you know, if if we have to kind of scream at God, <laughs> it, right. he's okay with that. You know, we can be totally honest. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be pious and religious in front of right. God. Right. He knows us exactly as we are. As long as we bring our questions, our our moaning, our groaning, David did, you know. So if we bring our moaning, our groaning, our complaining, our griping, whatever to God, at least we're going to him. Right. Don't ever run away from God. Don't ever turn away from God. Bring it to him. Mm-hmm. And you know, just acknowledging that that can be even more of a pressure point mm-hmm. or a challenge to a couple um, than just having children. And right. Having different views of raising children. Right, and we've known that over the years, folks who feel the pressure to have a baby or want a baby, Mm -hmm. and it's not happening, and that that creates a tremendous amount of pressure in someone's relationship, you know. So is there anything else we want to say about this? This has been such a good series. I'm, I'm excited for everybody to listen to this and to be part of this because I think it's going to enrich people's lives. And, you know, I was thinking at towards the end of the last uh, episode that we just did, there is just all kinds of little nuggets of things that people can get out of this. Mm. It's amazing. When I, when I preach on Sunday mornings, usually throughout the week, people will send me a text or a Facebook message, or they'll catch me on Sunday morning as they're leaving. Pastor Tom, I really needed that. I really, mm-hmm. I really appreciated that word. And it'll, they'll, they'll say something back to me that I'll be like, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I said that. Right. <laughs> well, cool. Right. I'm glad you yeah. heard it because I don't even remember it. Mm-hmm. But that's the Lord. So we're saying things in this series that the Holy Spirit is going to use mm-hmm. in the hearts and minds of people who are struggling. And you all, we all, just might be that familiarity to say, wow, they struggle with this too. Mm-hmm. And look, they're, they're here. They're successful. They're, they're still believing God. They're still trusting God. They believe there's an answer in the Word, mm-hmm. right. in the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. That makes Amen. a difference. Mm-hmm. Praise yeah, the Lord. Well, Jeff, would you yeah. like to pray? Yes. Praise God. Oh, Lord, uh, thank you for the uh, issues of life, Lord, that we meet you in, Father. Thank you for bringing issues into our lives, Father, as long as they cause us to look up and acknowledge you, Father. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lord, you are worthy to be praised. We've seen time and time yes, again, God. Lord, how the trials and tribulations of mm-hmm. life cause us to bend the knee, to limber up the stiff neck, and to look up and acknowledge you. And Father, that's when you meet us at our points of need. So Lord, thank you that we've had this time together here, Lord, to just be real and to share the trials and tribulations of life and how, Lord, you are more than accommodating, more than gracious to show us the way, the way to life through Christ Jesus as Lord, the way to healthy life and healthy Mm -hmm. relationships, Father. So we pray with thanksgiving, Lord, that anybody within the uh, reach of our voices here of this sound, Father, that they would be encouraged, Lord, that they'd be willing to bend the knee and limber the neck and and look up and acknowledge you, Lord, and and to ask you to meet them at their points of need. Mm -hmm. And Father, uh, thank you for using us to come alongside and and to lend, uh, I pray, uh, a supportive word 
um, some encouragement, Father, to not to look at us, but to look at you, because you are the way maker. So, Father, um, bless this, uh, these podcasts and bless our times together, Lord. And as we go into the future, uh, walking hand in hand with you, Lord, as you lead us and guide us to victory through Christ Jesus as Lord. It's in his precious name that we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. And we hope to see you at Cornerstone Alive sometime very soon. God bless you.